Next on BYUSN, BYU men's basketball with a game night and the tough January rolls on. Another ranked matchup against Iowa State. Given that tough schedule, what would be considered a good record for BYU this month? We'll discuss that with BYU basketball radio analyst Mark Durant and ask him his biggest key for BYU to beat the Cyclones. It is Top 5 Tuesday. We look at Mark Pope's five biggest wins among his 100. We're curious to see if you agree with our selections. Plus, the fastest indoor interview in school history. Aiden Trotter just ran the first sub four-minute mile at the Smith Fieldhouse. He's here to talk about his need for speed as BYU's top gun in track and field. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, January 16th. I am Spencer Linton. He is a longtime ticket scalper, Dave McCann. <laughs> I'm a one-time ticket scalper. <laughs> was it a Cubs game? Uh, no, it was a preseason NFL game, 1998, okay. in San Diego, 49ers and Chargers, Steve Young and Ty Detmer. Ty was his backup that year. So we're outside the stadium. We're like, no, let's see if we can get in. And here's a guy going, hey, I got two great seats for you. They're this and that. You'll love them. And we're like, okay. So we buy them. We joke <laughs> on our way into the stadium. Watch, these will be on the last row at the top. And they, they were. <laughs> we just kept going up. We sat down. We go, you know what? We deserve this. Shame on us. Oh, that was hilarious. the one and only time I've, uh, I've bought tickets from someone out there selling them. I've never had the, I've never been able to sell any. I've never tried to sell any. Um, and that's just not me. But some people, you know, make a living out of that. Absolutely they I mean, do. they're everywhere. The secondary ticket market is something else for sure. So we saw this thing, uh, Texas Tech hosts BYU on Saturday. Yes, we're bringing this up for a reason. Yeah, there, there's a couple of lower bowl seats available, and a Red Raider fan uh, posted on, uh, on X saying, um, hey, uh, I got two extra tickets for Saturday's BYU game in Lubbock. Don't want to sell them to Cougar fans. <laughs> um, and then athletic director Tom Homo BYU's the number one man. He sees it and tweets this <laughs> response back saying, I'm from Hogwarts in England. I'll take him. <laughs> we don't know if the transaction has occurred, but thank goodness for Halloween. Oh, uh, what did they charge Dumbledore? <laughs> There's got to be some type of spell where he can, you know, obliviate the memory and Look, just take him from him as he wants. Tom's a busy man, but I appreciate the fact that he would surf <laughs> social media, <laughs> see something like that and go, you know what? I got a picture uh, that'll work and send it out. And, and that's, that's, why, that's why students love him. Let's he get, plays the game. That, that's going to show up on the broadcast against Texas Tech. It oh, yeah. should for sure. All right. Uh, energy is good. It's a game day. Let's go. Rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. Runner blocked by Atiki. Cougars have Big 12 win number one. Indeed they do. One and two through three Big 12 games and a huge one to get that first at UCF. Dave, you said, look, BYU doesn't win in Orlando. There's a chance they might go 0-7, 0-8, 0-9. That's not the case. They picked up the win. They figured it out on the road. And the Cougars are now trying to get back to 500 tonight in a ranked matchup. For what it's worth. Vegas has BYU as a four-point favorite yeah. at home tonight against the Cyclones team that doesn't shoot a ton of threes. They want a low-scoring affair. BYU, basically the opposite when it comes to their offensive approach. Now, this is all a precursor conversation to the bigger picture here, Dave, because 
This January is brutal for BYU in the Big 12. Beginning with Iowa State, then at Texas Tech, then they host Houston, then they host Texas. That's how BYU ends January. Those are the final four there. So, with that in mind, what would qualify as a good record in the seven games for BYU men's basketball through the month of January in this gauntlet of a Big 12? Super tough, and there they are. One and two already. I think the win Saturday allowed them to just exhale. Yes. We got one. Uh, now, now go out and defend your home court um, and, and get number two, and, and then now you're moving places. There's such a difference between 0-3 and, and 1-2 and in the, in the mind, <laughs> especially with the games coming up. But I think, you know, tonight is a big opportunity to win at home. And, uh, and you look at those others, and, and uh, Texas Tech in Lubbock, that's going to be super hard, super hard for any team in America. Uh, Houston coming here, Houston's bugged because they've lost two conference games already. Um, maybe they're not as good as, as what everybody thought, or maybe they just got beat by two better teams on that night. But we know that what, they're, what they're bringing here. Uh, and Texas is vulnerable. If, if Texas can go to West Virginia and lose, they can come to Provo and lose. Certainly. So I'm going to go two more wins in the month. That would qualify as good. That would qualify as good. That would, that would leave you at um, uh, three and four. Yes. Considering and who the four losses are to. Absolutely. BYU fans should feel ecstatic about the prospect of finishing January three and four after the one and two start. Yeah. Now, obviously, if BYU had beaten Cincinnati in their Big 12 opener, we're having a little bit different conversation here. But again, through three, you got one win and you have Iowa State, Texas Tech, Houston, and Texas. So the next three games are all against ranked opponents. All those are quad one teams. Texas currently is a quad two opportunity for BYU because it's in Provo. I'm with you. Three and four, I can settle on that and say that is good. 100%. That would be a good record. There's, I, there's a chance that BYU goes two and five through January. And you know what? Even if that happens, it's not time to freak out. Because February, at least on paper, gets significantly calmer. It's still very difficult, but it's way more calm than what this January slate has been. Yeah, look at February here and you start playing West Virginia. That's a road game, but they're 136 in the net. Oklahoma's 20. Kansas State at 57 in Provo. UCF in Provo. Yep. Oklahoma State's vulnerable. Baylor. BYU should beat Baylor BYU in Provo because they should have beat them in, in Waco. They can beat Baylor in Provo. And, and so, I, I, you know, there's opportunities all over in February. What are we trying to build? We're trying to get to 20 wins? In theory, to get to the big dance. Well, yeah, that that would mean eight conference wins going eight and ten in the Big 12. That's before the tournament, too. So if you got two more in in January and then you pick off, uh, let's say, at West Virginia, again, not an easy place, but you defend your home court against Kansas State and UCF uh, and and Baylor. Um, There's four more wins. That gives you seven, puts us at 19. No, it put us at 20 as we sit today. Seven wins get we're thirteen and seven three. wins from today. From today, yes, would, get, would put would get BYU 20. at twenty. When you get into March, you play TCU. I think it's the best team in the league so far. But then you get Oklahoma State and then at home. Oklahoma State at home the last day of the yes. regular season, and then all of a sudden, because they won at Central Florida, all of a sudden you're going. You know what? The road map to twenty-one wins is doable. Defend your home floor. You went on the road and you got back yes. the game you gave up by getting beat at home. John Rothstein of CBS Sports joined us 
uh, a little over a week ago, and he said the key to BYU, and I'm paraphrasing here, the key to BYU getting into the NCAA tournament is playing well on their home floor. If they do that, and they go six and three in Big 12 play at home, or even, you know, if they get if they can get six wins at home and then pick off two or three on the road. Dave, you're in pretty position. Like you were looking at like a six seed, seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Let's say if they yeah, if they win six games, if they go six and one at home the rest of the way. Let's say they let's say they get beat by Houston. Uh, you know, you got to play good to win all these games. But we're just saying, sure. if you go six and one at home the rest of the way, you get to 19 with a with a net in the top 20. No matter who who beat you on the road, for sure, you're you're in the show with 19 wins and a net in the top 20. If we're playing averages right now, again, based on the one and two start, it feels like because Cincinnati we thought was a game that BYU should win at home and was one of those six, maybe BYU goes five and four at home. But BYU is certainly capable of winning at West Virginia. They're capable of winning at uh, Oklahoma State. They they can pick off a few more on the road. Because we've seen BYU do it at UCF, like we know – the Cougars are capable of accomplishing that. So, I'm still listen. If BYU wins tonight, and they beat Iowa State, and they're two and two in, in Big Twelve play. I'm still riding with my nine and nine conference record. Yeah, I People, think I think you're on track for I'm it. Still riding. I'm still riding with nine and nine. But they got to beat Iowa State tonight. If yeah. they lose tonight at home, and cannot again through the second opportunity get a home win in Big Twelve play, now you're probably staring at seven and eleven or eight and ten. And I'd felt better about tonight's game. Uh, uh, until Houston went and got beat by Iowa State. And I'm like, okay. This is the most unpredictable. Every team can win in every, any night. Wild conference yeah. in America. And it is super fun to watch it all unfold. Uh, a question for another day that maybe we'll discuss. Is BYU ever going to have a winning record in Big 12 play at any point this season? Will they have a winning record in the Big 12? Just think about that. We'll probably discuss it in a future show. Tonight, if they beat Iowa State, this might be BYU's best opportunity to actually get above 500 because you got to beat Iowa State, and then maybe, maybe you catch Texas Tech on the road. Yeah. But will they have a winning record at any juncture this season? Well, let's, let's start with 500, and then we got a chance. Food for thought. <laughs> yes, let's start with beating Iowa State, which takes us to topic two. Our question, you want to do our question of the oh, day? Yeah. Should we go yeah. right into Yes, that? let's do question of the day, and then we'll get into topic two. So, BYU currently 1-2 and two in the Big 12, uh, with games remaining against Iowa State, Texas Tech, Houston, and Texas. That's been our conversation theme for January. What would qualify mm. as a good record for BYU men's basketball in the month of January? You've heard our opinions. Now, now we'd love some of yours. 3-4, and four, we say, is good. Okay? Logan White on Instagram says, I think splitting the remaining games would be a big success. A 3-4 and four January puts the team on a good path to seven or eight conference wins. Yeah. 100% agree. 3-4 and four in January, and I, I, again, I'm still feeling like BYU can win nine conference games, but you got to get to 3-4 and four in this first month. David Blaine German on Facebook, 2-5 and five would be okay. Yep. 3-4 and four would be good. 4-3 and three or better would be amazing. That would be elite. <laughs> and it starts tonight. <laughs> Got to beat Iowa State. Hashtag BYUS on an X, Facebook, and Instagram to join that conversation. So Cougars and Cyclones tonight, our second topic here on this uh, Super Tuesday. What is your biggest key for BYU to win? I'm going with what Mark Pope told me just as Big 12 play was about to begin. And he said, we've been looking. I asked him, what, what stat do you pay most attention to? And he's like, I love the assist-to-turnover ratio. I love how we're sharing the ball. Obviously, we want to shoot a ton of threes. But I'm looking at turnovers. 
we got to be 10 or fewer. That has been a huge point of emphasis for BYU is to have 10 or fewer. A lot of teams are okay with 12, and maybe BYU is okay with 12 a game. But Mark but not Pope, 18. No, Mark Pope said we're, we're looking at that turnover number each and every day and how we can secure the basketball and get good shots and just give ourselves more opportunities rather than then those, those dead giveaways. So that's where I turn my attention to because you brought up the 18. Like when BYU in conference has struggled to take care of the ball, especially late in the game against Cincinnati and against Baylor, what happened? Well, BYU, BYU lost. And BYU even had a few weird moments against UCF. Take care of the ball. BYU can secure it. And, I, like, Marks wants to be at 10 or fewer. If they have 12 or fewer against a very defensive-minded Iowa State team, then they got a great shot to beat the Cyclones. And those lazy turnovers. Yeah. You know, the, I'm going to throw this pass. It's got zero chance of actually getting there. Um, and, and, then with, and then they throw it. Um, those, those turnovers are, are, are fixable because yeah. it's like, hey, don't do that. It, you know, yes. sometimes you're going up against a seven footer and he jumps out of the gym. You're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. But most of these turnovers are, are, are the kind that you can fix just by, I think, being cognitive about it. Absolutely. And, and that killed them in their first home game of the Big 12. And it's got to be better tonight. Turnovers are going to happen just circumstantially. They're going to have offensive fouls count as turnovers like those things are going to happen. 12 or fewer tonight against a really, really good defensive team in Iowa State would be huge for BYU. What about you? I'm going with I'm going with three-point shooting. Okay. Now, there's a couple of themes here. BYU is the number one assist team in the country. Uh, they need to get back to passing up the good shot for the better shot. In the preseason, that's what they lived on. You know, they shoot a bunch of threes, but the good threes are different than the better threes. <laughs> they shot 46 threes against Cincinnati. That's too many, but a lot of them weren't good threes. And as a result, there was some, you know, almost like panic buying at the end. Sure. Got out of, they got in a hurry, got away from what they do. And um, as a result, Cincinnati just waited and got the rebound. And then they went and attacked the rim. So BYU's number one in averaging 12.4 threes per game. Iowa State's number 163 in defending the three. So I think there's a window there. Starts with assists, pass up the good shot for the better shot. And then, of course, you got to make your shot. And, uh, and you got to shoot better than 28%, which is what they shot against Cincinnati. 28% from three at home is not good enough. So open threes tonight against a team that gives up a lot of threes uh, and shoot better than 28%. Three is always more than two. They're a very good team defending two-point shots. It's a Moneyball approach, really. It's the yeah. metrics. Like I know many of you have seen the movie Moneyball. BYU shooting a ton of threes because... This is who they are, and it's what they've committed themselves to. It's how they feel like they can equalize the gap. Against and they're some, good at it. Some teams that have more length or yeah. maybe just straight up more talent. BYU has found a way to compete, and th this is the path they have chosen. They are who they are right now. It's not going to go anywhere else. And that's fine because who they are is good enough. Yeah, this team know. has already – I mean – Again, we're not talking about a couple of uh, degenerate gamblers here in Studio <laughs> B, but we understand the logic of, hey, you place a bet, you win big, and you're playing with house money. All non-conference, BYU won a huge day. They're way up, right? And then they get to Big 12 play. They lost a little bit back, but they're still up. Like, they're still playing significantly with house money here. Yeah. So why go away from it? Speaking of the house, uh, one other key I'll throw in there is you got to engage the crowd tonight. And, and in a positive way. Now, the crowd was huge against Cincinnati, and, and once BYU lost the lead in the second half and started to panic, uh, 
then all of a sudden the players are not feeling the support of the home crowd. They're feeling the anxiety of the home crowd. So you've got to keep that steered and pointed toward sure. Iowa State. And you do that by your performance, doing just what we're talking about. Turnovers, taking care of the ball, making good passes, hitting threes. Engage the Rock yeah. and the rest of the Marriott Center as your sixth man on the floor, as opposed to allowing Iowa State to neutralize them, like Cincinnati did. To your point, the three-point shooting opportunities will be there for BYU tonight. Iowa State cleans up the glass, but I do need to add this. We're talking about the number two defense in adjusted defensive efficiency in the entire country. Yeah. Iowa State is a very, very good defensive team. So while there will be three-point opportunities for BYU, and certainly shooting from deep is, is going to be there, maybe they can test a little bit better than most teams. I, we're we're going to find out tonight. So this, this team is very, very disciplined. And the, they just took care of Houston by four in a 57-53 game, and then they embarrassed Oklahoma State by 24. They held Oklahoma State to 42 points, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I know those games were both in Ames. That, that matters. Home court matters it does. It so much. And so if you can get the crowd going, they can make some big three-pointers early on. Then maybe Iowa State starts to feel the pressure they haven't in a few games. And they've done their scouting just as BYU's done theirs. Iowa State knows what we're talking about, what BYU's going to try to do. And then you find out once they tip it off, who's going to do it better. Yeah. And uh, that home crowd's going to be so huge. Pre-game coverage of tonight's top 25 matchup of the Marriott Center starts at 8 Eastern on BYU TV with tip-off at 9 Eastern on BYU Radio with Greg, Mark, and Ben. Television coverage is on ESPN+. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, why not preview things with BYU's radio analyst Mark Durant? What's his number one key to the Cougars beating the Cyclones and getting to 500 in conference play? This is BYUSN. Jackson runs it down the alley, pulls up at eight feet, shoots and scores. He's just showing off right now. Saunders with the steal and the finish. Backdoor oh! first land, Noah Waterman. This is BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Dave McCann. It's about time we bring in my favorite Mark as it pertains to BYU and certainly BYU basketball. He is Mark Durant back on BYUSN. Welcome to the show on game day, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great. Fellas, it's always, always a pleasure to be on with you and to see your smiling faces. You two, you know, I could say this because Jerem's not there, are my total favorites, okay? <laughs> you two. You know, and that's why we have you on whenever we're on together. Let's get Mark on because he's going to say something nice. Hey, what are your pre-day, pre-game rituals? You get the game later tonight. You know, you got to make a living between now and then and kind of that stuff. But when do you get into game mode on game day? Yeah, Dave, my dream would it would be to have a life where I could just sit around and talk about sports and hang out with Spencer Linton and, and the gang. I mean, that's a pretty nice life, but I've actually got to make a living. I'm an attorney, real estate attorney, so I've been uh, pumping out documents this morning, and we'll do so until I have to leave uh, for the basketball game. But it basketball is fun for me. It's a nice diversion from uh, my real life, and, uh, and, and, and so I look forward to it, but yeah, I mean, I kind of cut it close. I work and then and get down there 
uh, as quick as I can and, and then call the game. So n- not a lot of uh, not a lot of fun stuff before the game. You are captain efficiency, Mark. Yeah. You've always been that guy for sure, whether on the floor and certainly off the floor. Okay, let's uh, turn our attention to before Iowa State specifically. Just a bigger picture question here, because we were discussing earlier the month of January and BYU in the Big Twelve in what is just a gauntlet of a January. One and two thus far, obviously, with the most recent win against UCF. Four games remaining. Iowa State at Texas Tech, hosting Houston, hosting Texas. Wild. What would qualify? Isn't that awesome, it's, it's so fun. It's did, so fun. Did you? You're lucky to get maybe one of those a season. Now you're talking about the next four games, those kind of teams. That's that's pretty cool. Absolutely. So with that in mind, and those four big names taking on BYU to close out January, what record at the end of the month through these seven January games would qualify as good for BYU, all things considered? Well, uh, given the, given those teams, I think. Uh, if the, in those four games, if you go two and two, that's that's great. I mean, uh, whatever combination would get you there, I think that would be would be really good for you. Now, if you get more than that, that's awesome. That's some real gravy you're pouring on right there. But and, and you could go on four, on four in theory. And uh, I think that UCF win was big to give a little confidence that BYU knows that they can win in this conference and. And they will be home games, but yeah, that's a murderer's row right there. And then to go to at Texas Tech is, is certainly very difficult. You look at each one of those teams and their resume and who they've beaten, and the, the, you know, the, it's just it's just really impressive. So you've got to you think well. I, I think part of the issue is BYU's got to get into a mindset that they belong with those teams, that they should beat those teams, and this team's good enough to beat those teams, but. There's almost a mental hurdle sometimes to to realize you do belong. You are good. And uh, I, I think if BYU can get, get that mindset, start playing a little bit better, shooting the ball a little bit better from three at home, that they can win uh, a lot of those games. But I think two and two, I'll take it. You give me two and two right now, I'll take it. Uh, maybe the team wouldn't. They, they'd probably say we want four and oh. But uh, as I look at it, where BYU is right now, two and two would be great. Two of BYU's first three opponents in this league are newcomers, and now they're going old school, you know, straight old Big 12 schools. Um, As you look at this league, have you figured it out, or does it get surprise you every day when you look at the results of all these teams beating the other teams where you go, I I can't make sense, TC might actually be the best team in the league, and none of us would have thought that. Yeah, yeah, I mean... If you look at how good this conference is, this is clearly the best conference. And what you kind of, I thought, would have hoped was that there would be kind of a lower tier that maybe you can kind of count on those wins. Maybe West Virginia is is that. But even UCF, as we know, before they played BYU, beat Kansas. And so there, there's really no lower tier, really. Uh, any team can beat any team. And every team is very good. Every team's very strong and athletic and, and do certain things very well. So uh, th- there's just no easy games. And talking with Coach Pope after the game, he, he loves it. And the guys love it. That There's just no there's no easy game. Every game is going to be intense. It's going to be an amazing environment. And like we were saying before, maybe you'd have a few of those a year. But now every game has that feel. And the, the places we've gone to have been amazing. Baylor, and UCF, great environments. Of course, the Merritt Center is without parallel. And, and so it's just every game's an experience. It's something new and exciting. And it's like 
an NCAA tournament game. That's the level of competition. And uh, it's just really cool to be a part of it and see it. And, and uh, BYU struggled a bit, but they've actually played really well in a lot of respects and have been in all the games. And I think if they can just make a few modifications going forward and finish a little bit better, that that, that can get, get to be where they want to be. Mark Duran is the BYU radio basketball analyst. He's on BYU Sports Nation. We are looking at specific keys for BYU to win tonight's game, and certain metrics have certainly popped off the page. Dave McCann's looking at three-point shooting for BYU, take advantage of the home crowd, make some big threes, get them going. Mark, I'm looking at turnovers, and here's why. Because Iowa State is the number one defensive turnover percentage team in the entire country. So just to put this in layman's terms for those that might not know what that means, if BYU had 80 possessions tonight – Iowa State's turning over 26% of those possessions. So essentially they would force 20 turnovers in those 80 possessions, which is just a wild number, Mark. So I'm looking at turnovers. I feel like if BYU can have 12 or fewer turnovers against the Cyclones, then that is the winning formula. How do you see that, and what key would you add to that? Well, I think you're right about the turnovers. And the positive is if this was BYU's first game in the conference – uh, I'd be even more concerned about it. But the turnovers were an issue against Cincinnati, a little bit less so, but still an issue against Baylor, and a little bit less so, but still an issue against UCF. And UCF's a team that was is like Iowa State. They turn you over. They block shots. Uh, UCF blocks 17% of their opponent's field goal attempts. So BYU now is is starting to learn and learning how you need to play and what passes you can make without turning it over and what things you can do without getting your shot blocked. And so I think that they're more prepared now to face a team like Iowa State rather than if this was the first game in conference, they'd probably have a lot of turnovers. But I think they're getting better. They're understanding what they can and can't do. So I'm hoping at least that they, they the turnover will be around 12. And if they do that, they'll have a great chance because that's what Iowa State relies on. So if you take away from a team something that they do the very best, then then you're ahead of the game, obviously. And then I agree, though, with Dave, because, you know, listen, Dave used to shoot the lights out in the eighth <laughs> ward uh, from the three-point line. So he knows about three-pointers. And, and BYU really hasn't shot the ball great. And, and, and one of the weaknesses that – so if you take away the strength, which, like, which with Iowa State, like reducing your turnovers, and then – you exploit their weakness, which is three-point defense, uh, and able to knock down three-point shots, then th then you're going to win the game. And so I, I think it's a combination of those two, making around 35 to 40% at least from the three-point line and then limiting your turnovers. If you do that at home, you'll win this game. Listen, my job was not to shoot the lights out. It was to turn the lights out because I had the key for my dad before we left the church. That was my skill that I brought today. Uh, let's talk about Fusini Traore. And, and one element that we are in that we've never seen before is, is in a conference, there's no margin for error. So how do you bring a player back who needs minutes uh, to kind of get his stuff back? Uh, and there's no Pepperdine. There's no Pacific. Um, there, there's no team where you can go, just go out there for 20 minutes and work it out. Um, and so he's getting better, but he's a dominant player when he can be dominant. But in this offense and in this league, do you think we're even going to see that Foose back until next season? I hope so. I think you're right on, Dave. I mean, I, I was hoping that 
Foose could play in that Wyoming game before the conference because I felt like he needed to get you know back into it, get in the flow, get acclimated again because uh, because it is hard. There's no uh, situations now where every possession isn't critical, so it's hard to play a guy that may be not not quite right yet. And you know the first play against Cincinnati that Foose came into the game, he turned it over, and it, it, you know coaches want to be patient, but the reality is. If you get too patient, then you're down by double digits. And, and so you you want to go with what you're comfortable with. And Ali Khalifa has been playing great, which has helped a lot. Um, but I, I just think Foos is a – he's, he's different than most guys because he's so critical, I think, to BYU's success as far as providing a post presence. Um, and you talk we talk a lot about the fouls. One way you can get a foul, foul is to go into Foos and – you know, he big men get fouls because they're banging and they're right at the rim and referees call fouls. And BYU doesn't have a real post presence without Foose, and so hence they're not shooting a lot of free throws. But even without the free throws, just being able to get a different kind of a bucket uh, for BYU rather than just relying on the three is helpful. It collapses the defense. Most of the good, really good looks from three that you see come from the ball uh, – from a player getting a touch in the paint, whether it's through dribble penetration or a pass down low to a big man. If a player from BYU catches it in the paint without shooting in the paint, that's when, and they kick it out to a three-point shooter. Those are the best three-point shooters uh, and, and shots. And, and so Foose is a guy that certainly can do that for you. I think Ali Khalif is getting better with his back to the basket. Noah Waterman could be better. But if you talk about fouls and and, and doing things that can really <clears throat> help your team. I think you need a post presence like Foose. I hope it's Foose. I think he's showing signs to hit a big, big bucket in yes. that UCF game yeah. when they when they absolutely needed it. Late, yeah. That'll help his confidence, and uh, he, he'll get it back. He'll, he, he will, hopefully sooner rather than later. Mark, great stuff. Always great to talk with you on a game day and uh, take care of that real estate business. Earn the big bucks and then come talk hoops with us, yeah. man. I love it, guys. You're my favorite. Anytime you need me, I'm your man. Listen, you it, if, you're, if he's smiling coming into the Marriott Center tonight, we know he's had a good day of business. <laughs> so we're going to watch for that. <laughs> uh, see you, Mark. See you. Mark B- Duran on BYU Sports Station. BYU basketball with Mark Pope is back Thursday night. The coach and a player will break down tonight's game, set the stage for Texas Tech. Thursday night, 8.30 Eastern, BYU TV app and ESPN+. BYU is one of how many Big 12 basketball teams ranked in this week's AP poll? It's a record number, I'll tell you that much. So does that mean it's tougher than we even thought before? Mm. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day, Facebook, X. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, we're, we're all over the place. Yes. Be real, we're still waiting on. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer, he is Dave. Let's roll out your game day headlines. Number 20, BYU men's basketball tonight at the Marriott Center against number 24, Iowa State. Cyclones are number nine in the net, two and one in the league. BYU's five in the net, one and two in the Big 12. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Yesterday's AP poll, BYU, one of eight Big 12 teams ranked. Cougars went down two spots to number 20 after the loss to Baylor, but the win at UCF. 
ESPN's Joe Lenardi has BYU as a sixth seed in his latest bracketology update. The numbers continue to be on BYU's side. Go. BYU men's volleyball remains number nine for a third straight week in the ABCA rankings after splitting contests at Loyola Chicago and at Lewis last week. The 3-1 Cougs play UCSB on Friday and Saturday. BYU Gymnastics scored a 195.775 last night at the Best of Utah meet. Anna Bramblett, strong showing for the Cougars, a team high 9.875 on the bars. Freshman Brindley Anderson also delivering a career high, a 9.900 on the beam. Up next for the Cougars, the Big 12 opener at Iowa State on Friday. Let's go. The Gym Cats ranked number 26 in the country right now. BYU golfer Cooper Jones won the 2024 St. George Amateur with back-to-back -back rounds of 65 to finish 16 under par. Jones totaled 18 birdies over the two-day tournament. Think about that. 18 birdies in two days. In my life, I don't think I can count 18 birdies. <laughs> Cooper's big brother and BYU teammate made a run for first with birdies on the final nine holes, but finished second with a score of 14 under. Those are today's headlines. Now for the other games around the Big 12 tonight in the Big 12 Roundup. Hit it! Beginning with 19th ranked TCU, one of the hottest teams in the country, Dave, at Cincinnati. Bearcats with a huge home game opportunity against the Horned Frogs. Again, TCU coming off back-to-back -back wins over top 10 teams. The Bearcats have gone back-to-back -to -back tough losses against ranked teams. They should have beaten Texas. They blew it. They did get BYU early. Cincinnati favored, by the way, by three points, according to the Ken Pomeroy Index. I think this is actually the music that you hear just walking down the streets of Lubbock at any time during the day. <laughs> BYU will be there Saturday. Baylor is playing at Kansas State tonight. The Bears are one of two teams that are 3-0 in the league, which is interesting. And Kansas State's 2-1. Baylor's a three-point favorite, according to Ken Palm. BYU should have beat Baylor. And Baylor right now is one of the two undefeated teams in the league. That's how close on a good day the bottom half can beat the top half. Yes, wild, wild. Uh, and speaking of uh, Vegas experts and Ken Palm projections, uh, BYU now a four and a half point favorite in their game. Uh, the final game, number three, Kansas, coming off a big win against Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. The Jayhawks will be big favorites here, eight point favorites. They uh, took care of the Sooners in the top 10 showdown. Oklahoma State's the only team still winless in Big 12 competition, they're 0-3. Uh, Kansas is favored again by eight in Vegas, seven points according to Ken Pomeroy. That is the Big 12 roundup. It's, Keep your eye on those Cowboys, they're vulnerable. It's, it's just so fun to like every week, like Tuesday night, you know there are going to be a handful of Big 12 games, Wednesday there'll be one and two, Saturday, and then Saturday the big long slate of awesome games. Such a fun conference to play basketball in. That uh, again wraps up our Big 12 roundup. Now some opining in the Cougar Whip Around. Presented by Ameris, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. None of, no one likes to opine more than us. That's true. So let's do this one. Former Arizona coach Jed Fish left for Washington. How does that affect Big 12 football this fall? Well, unfortunately, Arizona now is left in just a major state of flux because they're going to have a bunch of key players, star players, probably follow their coach to Washington. And staff. The Wildcats were trending in a great direction. So Arizona, they're on BYU's schedule. It makes things perceivably easier for BYU in that matchup, but I don't like that he left because I thought he was a good addition. I'm glad he's gone. Uh, Arizona probably be the Big 12 favorite. I think if I was voting, they're playing here in the fall. 
rather take their whatever they get but put back together uh, for BYU because Cougars need to win their home games. <laughs> so I wish him the best of luck in Washington, and I hope he takes everybody with him. <laughs> His quarterback, Noah Fafita. <laughs> uh, there are now eight teams ranked in the top 25 of the Associated Press poll in Big 12 basketball. That's a conference record. Eight ranked teams. Has the conference turned out to be even tougher than you expected, Dave? I think so. One, we really didn't know what to expect. You just look at it and go, everyone tells us it's the toughest league in America. Okay, it's great to be a part of that. But when Texas goes to West Virginia and gets beat, and every day there's these games where you go, uh, what, Kansas lost again? Houston's lost two in a row? Yeah, Kansas lost to UCF. Texas loses to West Virginia. Then what you, is happening? you sit back, you go, hey, you're right. Any team can beat any team. BYU can win tonight. They yeah. do the things we talked about for a few minutes ago. For sure. Man. So yeah. All right, speaking of how tough the Big 12 is, Heartland College Sports tweeted, the Big 12 in basketball is what the SEC thinks, thinks. it is in football. <laughs> how do you feel about that? Is that the best explanation of Big 12 basketball? Oh, it's a shot at the SEC, and I think it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, yes, we know SEC football is legit, but like, whew, man, I don't know that the S has, has the SEC ever I need to look this up. I don't know. I'm legitimately asking. Have they ever had eight teams in the same top 25 in football? Maybe. I don't know if they have, but would they someone show me eight? who the Vanderbilt team is in the Big 12? Yeah, who's, where, where's the uh, you may pass go and collect a win <laughs> opponent? We haven't seen it yet. In the Big 12. It's not there. We've not seen it. It's yet. not there. And typically there's one or two of those in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, I think that's super funny. All right. Gustin chasing glory. Yes. Chasing that rebound record at BYU. She's closing in on it. Cougars playing Oklahoma State tomorrow night. You can listen to it on BYU Radio starting at 7.30 Eastern time with Jason Shepard on the call. Up next, he is the fastest indoor mile runner in the history of the state of Utah. Sub four minutes, Aiden Troutner joins us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Do you think he ran over here? Do you think he just casually he probably did. made his way? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Dave McCann. If you missed it over the weekend, one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of BYU track and field, and frankly, the first to ever do it in the state of Utah. Sub four minute mile, he is Aiden Troutner of BYU Track and Field. Aiden, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for having me. All you had to do was run a sub four mile, and we got you I in know, the sea. It's super yeah. simple, right? <laughs> yeah. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> so when someone says, hey, what'd you do over the weekend? Do you just go right to that, or do you... Well, I saw a movie. Or... No, I tell him I watched the Jazz game. <laughs> well, uh, finished the BYU UCF game, which was yeah. a relief that they won that game. Yeah, got but, the first Big Twelve victory. Yeah, so that is sports are just a huge part of my life. Okay, including track. So I love that. Well, let, let's listen. We're going to talk about your incredible record-breaking performance, but because you're such a huge sports fan, what do you think about BYU basketball's chances against Iowa State tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, Iowa State's coming off a big weekend. Yeah. So, I don't know if, I mean, I'm, I'm always nervous for every game, especially in Big 12 play. Like, there's not a weak link in the conference. But I think if they, if they move the ball well enough, don't turn it over, they should be okay. Hey, Dave. Let's just throw them in. Let's let them analyze. Did you watch stuff. the first huh? part of the show? <laughs> I didn't. No. Were you sitting in the rock section? Would I, you be in there with the rock or what? No, I, 
I don't know. Yeah, I usually just watch. I prefer, I'm like an old man. I watch the games on TV. You like Thailand? Yeah, I mean, no, I just like, I like to sit on my couch in the comfort of my own home. I don't know, but it just makes it easier. There's nothing wrong but, with that. Yeah. No, a lot, a lot of people feel the way that you yeah. feel about that. All right, now to the race. Um, when did you realize, as you're just booking it around the track, I mean, you are flying around the track. When did you realize, okay, my pace is really good. I might actually do this. Yeah, I mean, so we we had planned out the pacing uh, with Kenneth, uh, which props to him just for helping helping us out. Kenneth Rooks, looking out for his the teammates. Man, super nice. So uh, we came through 800 right on pace. I think two flat. We wanted to probably negative split. So um, and then coming through 1200, it was like 258, which is a good cushion. Like I knew, you know, if I if I, I just had to run a 61 kind of around that just to finish so i i was feeling confident but you know you never know like i was locking up pretty hard on the last stretch that's a long stretch to see the clock and just you know you don't know so i was locking up but it worked out so it was good so there's not a natural feeling of i'm four minutes and one second or i'm just under four minutes no like i mean i i felt like for the most part i was still running like relatively well but i mean i knew i was locking up for sure i was I was struggling in that last little bit. So we've seen all the video of the celebration. You get mobbed. Um, somewhere in there, someone saying you ran under four minutes. Is that when it hits you that, that you'd accomplished something that no one else had done? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, it was probably before. Like, I can, you can see the clock right above yeah. the finish line. So I, I could see that. So, I mean, that was kind of just, it was more of a sigh of relief that um, I've, I've pretty much only run miles at altitude. And so... That's just been a huge kind of barrier goal of mine just to to break four minutes in the mile. And to just do it at the field house is super special. So I think it was really just crossing the line was when it kind of sunk in. Listen, Roger Bannister, eat your heart out. You didn't do it at altitude, okay? <laughs> when you say you're locking up, what does that feel like? What What's happening physically in those last moments? Yeah, you're just getting lactic. It, the lactic acid is starting to just bite you in the legs. So um, our coach, Coach Eyestone and Coach Way, our assistant coach, they're, they're all about just focusing on keeping, maintaining your form. I think some people, they'll, they think you just need to run as hard as you can, but sometimes running with like better form and just maintaining is, you'll run better and more like, controlled I guess sure and you'll end up running faster so that was kind of that was the decision I was making in the last hundred but so we had Kenneth Rooks here last week talking about signing with Nike and turning professional in, in the Olympics uh, you pass him now in the time in, in the in the mile and and he helped a little bit kind of your pace car yeah uh, early on how, how did that work how did he help you on on your run Saturday and and then you left him in the dust <laughs> well I mean it's all different. The funny thing is, <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth and I, neither, I, the indoor mile is not our main event. So it's just something that we, I guess we dabble in a little bit. But um, Kenneth is an incredible teammate. He's still, I mean, he's still around. So right. even though he's going pro, he still was pretty much our teammate. He runs with us every day. So um, I was super grateful to have him help me out. And he did a perfect pace job. I mean, it, it couldn't have gone any more perfect than than he ran. So, I mean, I didn't even think about passing him on the top 10 board, but um, 
I mean, it happens. Yeah, it, it's it, and the the record board is being rewritten all the time every season, so it's just just a fact of life. Hey, you're but. writing it right now. Aiden Troutner is with us on BYU Sports Nation. At altitude, we learned that they adjust the time, so you you go sub four like on the board, but now a few more seconds get shaved off because of the altitude you run it at. How does that work? So what, what's the official time now with the altitude adjustment? Yeah, so I think it's 3.54.4, somewhere around there. Okay. So right now it's good for first in the country. That will get broken for sure. There are other really good milers, but it should be good enough for to make the NCAA Indoor Championships, which is kind of the main goal with I run the 3K, 5K, and mile, and the indoor season is so short that there's not, there's very few opportunities to qualify for internationals by time. Mm. And so this was just an opportunity I had to take advantage of. So I, it should get me, and we'll, we'll see kind of at the end of the season, but Coach Iceland's pretty confident that it what, will. What's the feel in this track and field program when there's just one hit after the other? Um, it doesn't matter this year, two years ago, three years ago. Here comes this group uh, led by you and your performance Saturday. What, what's the feel? You want to be a national champion? You want to be in this program? Yeah, I mean, that, that really is, we have high expectations and high standards. And so if you're not going to kind of meet those standards or be willing to put in the work to kind of hit the standard that we've set, especially over the last like six or seven years, yeah. then it's probably not going to work for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's always been my goal coming into BYU is that's why I came here is because of the great standards, the great coaching staff. And so in the next, I have a year and a half left, uh, here at BYU. Yeah. And so that's kind of, that's always in the back of my mind is just to compete for national championships, especially as a team. Yeah. My Good. final question for you today is what's next now that you've done this and, and you hit the sub four minute mile and you mentioned that's not even your primary race. So like, what, what are your remaining goals in the year and a half you have left at BYU? Yeah, um, so I mean, just for this season, kind of short-sighted, we have the 3K, 5K, I'll race both of those. And then we have a, we should have a good DMR team, distance medley relay that we'll put together. And I'll probably run the mile or 1200 leg on that team, uh, short-term, and then qualify for the NCAA championships. Um, it's an Olympic year too. So trying to qualify for the Olympic trials will be a, a goal of mine, probably of all my teammates for sure. And that's a, that's an important thing. And then. We've, uh, the National Cross Country Championship has eluded us the past couple of years. And that's, that is something that I would love to have yeah. before I finish. Yeah. All right. Love that. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Outstanding. Thanks for hanging out with us, Aiden. Yeah, I appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, get some popcorn, kick your feet up. For sure. <laughs> up next on BYU Sports Station, the top five wins in the Mark Pope era to celebrate his 100 total wins as BYU's head coach. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It is a Top 5 Tuesday, and to celebrate 100 total wins in Mark Pope's coaching career at BYU, we are looking at the five best of those 100 days. Number five feels like we need to go to the 100th. Yeah. It's fresh. Absolutely. Happened Saturday at UCF. The first BYU. ever Big 12 win. Yeah. This, this is, this is uh, you know, it wasn't easy either. Uh, and, and the thing with this team is it's always going to be dramatic. And it was, again, down the stretch. But they did enough. Ali Khalifa is starting to stroke the three a little bit. That's number five in Mark Pope's top 100 because it was 100.
at number four. Remember this absolute blowout of the Oregon Ducks, who were ranked 12th at the time in 2021. After this game, BYU beat Oregon so badly, BYU became the 12th ranked team in the country. <laughs> This was win number 47 on the list for Mark Pope at BYU. The Cougars winning 81-49, a 32-point drubbing of the Ducks. Alex Barcelo had 25 points in the win. And again, the Cougars, they took over the number 12 spot. This was the equivalent of blowing out the Ducks in the Las Vegas Bowl back in the day. All right, number three, we're going to TJ Haas, and we're going to Houston. Houston's now in the Big 12. They weren't on this day. Yes. But TJ Haas hit a shot at the buzzer to beat the Cougars with Dave Rose standing there uh, sitting on the side with with Cheryl, the former Houston player, BYU coach, and, uh, and a memory of a lifetime. Haas was on fire from all over the place. Here's, here's the moment. But this is the moment right here. Get the bounce and go give Mark Duran a hug. Thanks, all right. Bro. That's number three. Number two, another TJ Haas game winner. This one against St. Mary's. Just a battle against Jordan Ford. Haas with that just mean mug after he knocked down a huge three late to beat the Gales, 81-79. TJ had 23 points, and then by the way, remember this? Had to go to the hospital because his wife was in the hospital having their first child. That's how, that's how TJ rolls. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Oh, the buzzer. No, not, not a buzzer beater, but man, it felt, it it felt like it. Number one. On Mark Pope's top five. Remember preseason 2020, he taught the fans how to storm the floor. Yeah, yeah. And then he delivered this. BYU knocks off third rank Gonzaga at the Marriott Center. Sold out. Magical night. Fans did storm the floor. It wasn't too far after this that COVID changed the world we were living in. Hey. But uh, we had this night. They can't take this from we us. Had this night. Number one on Mark Pope's top five. Our lead voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Michael Sorensen says, I believe splitting the next four games and going two and two would be considered a good January considering the rest of the Big 12 has fared this month. No days off. Today's rising shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. About to the Marriott Center crews that don't get enough credit for what they do. Scott Cavanaugh and his gang, nice job. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Mark Kessler. We'll see you tonight for pregame at 8 Eastern.